Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 119, Rhythm and Flow. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. If you're a new listener, if this is your first time here, welcome. I am so happy to have you, and if you're a regular listener, thank you as well for coming back each week and and joining us uh, on these conversations. I tell you guys every week that I get just as much out of these podcasts as you guys do. We're all here together. We're all in it together, looking to grow ourselves, looking to make ourselves better, to make the world a better place. But it all starts with ourselves. And and when we become that beacon of light for others, we create that ripple effect of positivity. So I just want to thank you guys for all the work that you're doing in your own lives as well and and coming here and really uh, sharing this light that we're here to share. To get my insights from today's episode, text the word POSITIVITY to the number 44222. Today I have on Erin Elizabeth Wells, and she's a productivity strategist who works with high performers, including corporate leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers to improve their productivity, focus, and effectiveness in their work and daily life. Her approach focuses on creating productivity with purpose for her clients and connecting to the why of our action rather than simply doing more faster. She's the founder of the productivity company Living Peace and now functions under the company title Chosen Course. We talk a lot about goals coming into the new year, about organization and productivity and what that looks like in all of our lives. And a big thing, big topic that we chat about today is having intentionality in life in the things that we do on a daily basis. If we don't have intentionality, it's hard to be consistent with our productivity, with our organization. Uh, so that's a really big key point that we, we, t- we touch on. So head over to positivityeffect.com slash Erin Elizabeth Wells for more information. And also make sure, make sure that you stick uh, through to the end of the episode because Erin has a little gift for all of the listeners. So help me welcome her now to the positivity effect. Aaron, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm delighted and grateful to be here. Excellent. You know, we've we've just been vibing already and uh, that's it, guys. That's the end of the show. <laughs> you missed the whole thing, but we had a wonderful chat, didn't you know? We did. You guys are missing out too because we get to uh, see each other. We get to laugh. We get to, I get to show my, uh, one of my cats, I get to show her moose. You guys have heard of our cats before on the, the What Would Jen Do episodes, but yeah, she, you know, I actually had to put him away because he was just too excited to see Aaron. Yeah, well, um, he, he knows that I'm a cat person, even though we're they not know. in a room together. They somehow have this beautiful intuition about the people who are, you know, warm, fuzzy cat people. Your, <laughs> yes, there was, um, what, what's, what's the, uh, magnetic what, attraction. What are those things they like to chew on? Uh, I don't know. There, my there, cat, there, was, cat toys? there was catnip coming out of my microphone. Cat, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Aaron, uh, thank you so much for coming on. 
you know, they uh, like attracts like, and I can, you know, you got great energy, and this is just going to be a lot of fun. You know, we're going to drop a lot of value to everybody, and this is, um, I think, a very important episode too because it's. I think a lot of people right now are uh, scratching their heads. You know specifically in December. For some reason, I don't know why. December is just that time when you start thinking about what, what are you going to do for the new year? How, you know, what, what are your goals? You're looking back on the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking, we were talking just a moment before we even got on the show about if, if you are thinking about the new year, let's just scratch that. Let's, let's, whatever you get out of today's episode, implement it today. You got to do it today, guys. Because, yeah. right, how many times, and in myself, in my own life, in my past, um, because guys, I get just as much out of this podcast and doing this show as as you do as a listener. I think I'm the biggest listener. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, when we when we look for an excuse to to do something or to change something in our life, you're always going to find that that excuse or that reason. Um, I was listening to another podcast the other day, and, and they were saying, um, you know, for so much, so many of us, we're like, oh, I'm going to do this then. I'm going to do this after, you know. Aunt Helen's wedding or after our wedding or after this party or that's when I'm going to mm-hmm. start, whether it's your, your fitness or what we're going to be talking today about productivity, uh, well, organi- organization. You have to start now. There has to be that now resolution. You have to get started today. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun. Unfortunately, Moose is not going to be on the call with us. <laughs> Poor Moose. <laughs> Poor Moose. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna listen. I'm gonna I have I developed uh, specific headbuds that that cats can use, so they they get they get to get their listens, and I get my I increase my downloads every month just for my cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you take your audience wherever it comes to you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So so, Aaron, you you have a pretty you know decorated uh, background. You've done a lot, and um, you're continually doing a lot. So why don't you just give us a little bit of a backstory of you know, how you got into this, this niche of, of helping people in this way. And then we'll kind of just, we'll run with it. We'll go from there. Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, my road to doing the, the productivity work that I do now actually started, oh goodness, I think almost 14 years ago now. And it was, uh, it, it grew out of working for a professor in the Italian department while in graduate school. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I was in graduate school and I was basically his graduate student assistant. And it was just everything you expect from a graduate student assistant. It was helping him to reorganize his office, helping him to do filing and dictation. In this case, it was also some dictation in Italian, which I don't speak. So that was a little bit of a challenge. (laughs) Oh, that's, oof. It was. It was an adventure. I, I one year one year of Italian in college got me this managed to get me this gig, and boy, that was not enough to that's, really be able to take good dictation in Italian. But that's the definition <laughs> of mental gymnastics. <laughs> it was a challenge, but it was he was a great man, great great man. But what was funny about that job is that I ended up doing kind of all of the normal things one might do as an assistant, uh, as well as helping him to reorganize his office and doing a fair amount of time management consulting with him because he was also a classically overcommitted professor. You know, one of these guys who had been in his role in his office and his job for 25 years, he had one of those offices into which many, many things had gone in and very, very little had ever come out again. (laughs) 
And so long story short, basically somewhere in the course of that year working for him, I realized that I had these skills around helping him to reorganize and helping him to get clear about what his priorities were. And I was pretty sure they were marketable skills. You're like, mm, and, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh he's nice and organized now. Hmm. It, it's we, we've made some serious progress here, and I realized that that these were skills that I had kind of grown, you know, grown and honed. I mean, I was a, I, I lived as a, a gal in a quad my freshman year in college. So how do you fit your entire world into a little tiny space with three other women? <laughs> so I realized that these were skills that I had, and they were actually very valuable to people beyond myself. And so that was the beginning of my first business. And I started a business working as a professional organizer while I was in graduate school. And uh, that company, Living Peace. As you say, I love the name of it, by the way. Thank you. Living Peace was my, my first company. I started it when I was 23. And I grew it to the point where I was fully booked. And then I started bringing on contractors. And then I eventually shifted into an employee model. And I essentially grew it into one of the largest professional organizing companies in the greater New England area. Um, and, uh, it was, you know, serving hundreds of people all over kind of the greater Boston, uh, region, which is where I'm based out of and really helping people to find, um, better strategies for organizing their homes and their daily lives. And I was going to say, why, why do you, what are your thoughts, you know, with, with, I'm sure after just working with so many people, you start to see patterns, why are so many of us so disorganized at times in our life? Is it start well, somewhere more of a, as a, a emotional thing, a mental thing? I, I, there's many different answers to that question. But one of the things that I focused on a lot in the work that we did originally with Living Peace was around the fact that a lot of times when we get disorganized, it's because there's been some kind of a major life shift in our world. And we kind of talked a little bit about this uh, before we got started because, you know, I know that Tom, you've recently gotten married. So there's that whole adventure in which, you know, you're mo- merging households and you're bringing together two people's lives into shout the same out. world. Yeah. Shout out to, shout out to Jen. There That's you it. go. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, it's the, we just got married. We just had kids. We just lost a loved one. And now we have all of these inherited belongings. You know, how many different, you change jobs, you change houses, how many different times in our lives are there moments when something significant has occurred and the systems that were in place before that event no longer fit the life we're now living? And so I find that a lot of just completely normal levels of disorganization come because of these kinds of major life shifts. Now, there are obviously other situations as well. Certainly things like ADD can play, can play a factor. Um, I've seen plenty of times where um, depression or major you know, mental health concerns become a factor in disorganization. And then you can get into things like, uh, like uh, the hoarding conditions and kind of the role that, uh, that those kinds of mental health disorders can play in disorganization. So there isn't one answer, but for, for a lot of you know, kind of normal folks, we find ourselves in disorganization because our life has shifted in some way. You know, I, I want to get into, I want to ask you about some, some real actionable things that, that people can do. But of course, before we do that, when we think about anything that we're, we're doing in life, um, mm-hmm. whether it's getting married, whether it's starting a new business, mm-hmm. those things that we're starting, they, they really, they succeed when there's that strong sense of why 
why why they're sure. why yeah why we're doing it why they're behind yeah. it like if somebody just gets into the business and they just to make money or their goal their 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 goal is to make money when they're not making the money it's it's going to wreak havoc on them on themselves on their personal lives because they they're men, you know mentally their shift wasn't how do i grow this to to now give back to the world or to help you know to actually solve a problem for something mm-hmm. sure so in terms of productivity getting organized you know let's let's kind of get people thinking like why why is it so important i know for my own life just from from getting organized myself this past year really really getting dialing it in why is it so important to to get that dialed in in your life and how and how does it really benefit your life well i i can say that in any major life change, if you are introducing something new and you don't know why this is important to you, the likelihood of it sustaining for a long period of time is small. And it's funny that you bring this up, Tom, because essentially as as I kind of grew my work, my personal work from doing kind of the tangible organizing through my former company, Living Peace, and into the new work that I do now through my consulting practice, focusing specifically on productivity, it was really around recognizing that organizing wasn't just about the tangible, where does the stuff go? It's also about these deeper conversations, these deeper decisions that we make about what are our priorities in our lives? How do we determine what deserves to get our attention right now and where we're putting our focus or putting our energy one day to the next? And that's how I started kind of growing into my work in in my new company, which is Chosen Course. I basically, I sold Living Peace last year and it continues to to grow and prosper under its new leadership with a, a dear friend of mine. And now I get to focus purely on what I refer to as the intangible organizing. And a lot of it is, you know, I mean, I, I have a background in, in div school. I, and I, a lot of it does come from this, this sense of how do we get clear on what's important to us? We have to ask the bigger questions. And I don't just mean about the spiritual questions, but the questions about what's, you know, what do we care about? What's, the core of who we are and how we choose to show up in the world and how we want to be of service. So I think you're exactly on track there, Tom, because it does come down to if you just start a business because you're trying to make some extra cash, then it's likely it won't sustain because you won't know who you're really wanting to serve and you won't feel that heart calling of when things get tough, I'm doing this for the best of all possible reasons. Yeah. And, and, uh, it, it, it's that driving force behind everything that we do. I, I even, I just think about it like for my, my why to get organized was it, it was that it gave me the mental space to, to focus on my, my future wife. Um, sure. It gave me the mental space to be able to run a business uh, by mm-hmm. my, you know, successfully. And um, that, so that's, you know, I, I had, I, before I even started getting myself cl- kind of, organized this past year that's i was doing i was thinking about what you know what can i do to to you know what what are those deeper questions those like you said it's not necessarily a spiritual question it absolutely can be as well it can be. right, right. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, whatever your belief system is, you know, that's, it's what, what calls to you, what appeals to you, what drives you, what allows you to feel like you have a connection with something greater than yourself. Um, But, you know, I, I often think of the spiritual aspect of this as being just a sense of purpose, a sense of direction, a sense of, of I'm here to, to 
to serve or to uh, care for things that are larger than just what is immediately, you know, in my own interest, you know, and, and I think certainly, and it's one of the major reasons why most of my work these days, I've, I've been working with uh, senior executives and in corporations and all that kind of stuff for a number of years. But in the last year or two, I've primarily focused on working with entrepreneurs. And my reason is because I love the passion <laughs> Passion, and we're all so disorganized. <laughs> well, some, some people are, and some people, you know, I mean, one of the, the biggest beauties about entrepreneurs is that, you know, most entrepreneurs get into their work because they have a desire and a passion to serve people in some specific way. Yes. And they see that they can bring value to a particular section of work in in a way that will benefit those around them and that you know connection and passion and enthusiasm along with a sense of okay i'm trying to figure this out because you know i've most entrepreneurs you know they may be serial entrepreneurs who have done this a few different times but this is a new market or a new world or you know they may be somebody who's never gone into this entrepreneurial thing in the past really freaking no idea what they're doing and it's how do I put together a successful set of business systems to allow me to really run this business effectively and productively while not losing myself into the land of work. Yeah, so true. So, uh, Aaron, I want to ask you a little bit about your book. And sure. it's, it's, I want to ask you a question about part three. Uh, okay. You know, when we're thinking about this, this idea of action or reaction mode in chapter 11. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big proponent about action. That's You have to take action in everything. On, on a daily basis, you have to really break it down and you have to think about what are those actions you're going to do to steer yourself in the right direction. On a, you, you look at the macro picture, you know, kind of how we describe, but then you have to look at that micro picture too because I think sometimes we put too much on our plates and then we we end up in that reactive mode. Yes. So yeah, I just want to, yeah, what what you know your thoughts on that when you're when you're writing that chapter. Well, the the core of that chapter and the core concept is that you know we're all very good at keeping ourselves busy, at just kind of having whole bunches of things that show up in our worlds that drive our attention, but they may or may not be the things that are most moving what we care about deepest forward. Yes. And so, you know, for instance, here's a great example, the classic, you know, if the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is check your email inbox, then you're automatically setting your, you know, plan for the day or your first steps based on somebody else's agenda, somebody, what somebody else wants you to respond to, or to be caring about or paying attention to on this particular day, rather than starting by getting clear on here's what's most important to me. And therefore, this is what gets my attention first. You know, it kind of goes back to the, the classic, uh, you know, wonderful teaching from Stephen Covey. If you don't put the big rocks in first, if you don't put what you care about most into your life and your time and your attention first, then everything else will easily take up that time. So action mode versus reaction mode is about making sure that you're being supremely thoughtful and intentional about where you're choosing to put your focus. So, you know, one of the things I teach and the, the title of the book is called Inspired Action. And 
inspired action for me is a, is actually a specific term that means what is your one thing, your inspired action, that is a task that you can commit to getting done today. And that's that intentional, I'm choosing it, it's important to me, and I'm going to commit come hell or high water to get this one thing done before I go to sleep tonight. And it's a task too, right? It's not, it's not, exactly. I think some, it could be, it could be confused as a goal and, and it is not Mm-mm. a goal. It's yeah, it's something that you're tangibly doing. It is, it is absolutely, thank you for, for saying that because yes, it is absolutely a task. Now I would define a task as anything you can do in five to 30 minutes. So no five hour projects, no, you know, giant goals. Presumably your task is something that is moving a specific project or a specific goal forward. It's connected, but it's, it is something that is small enough to truly commit to achieving in any specific given day. You know, you mentioned your professor that, that you were organizing for how, how this whole sure. thing started and you, and you said the overcommitted professor. Yeah. Is yeah. that, is that most of us too? That like what you're saying is like, do one thing that's so intentional, that's going to drive your life forward, whether it's in your business, it's in your personal yep. relationships, it's in your, your fitness, your nutrition, which again, that could be a couple of things where you're, you're just kind of making the point one big thing it is that's not the case, right? For most of us, it's like in our minds before, when we wake up, there's, there's a, a list of a hundred things, but none of those hundred things get done well. And, and I think you're, you're kind of going to the heart of the challenge for most of us is we all do have a lot of things we care about. And we're all trying to accomplish a variety of things at a given time. And, and one of the things, honestly, Tom, that I've been really engaging with more frequently with my clients is, okay, so, you know, let's put this in the context of a lot of people are, you know, it's December, we're thinking about, you know, what do we want to do for the following year, this kind of thing. If you were to say, you know, here are my goals for 2017, and you have this list of, you know, anywhere from three to 10 things that you're thinking you want to do. The problem is that most of us then try and do them all. And we try and just throw ourselves starting Jan one, they try and throw ourselves at all of them all at once. And I think of this a lot like, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't love this metaphor, but I haven't found a better one. It's kind of like buckshot. Yeah, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose fifty pounds. I'm gonna start a business. I'm gonna fix my marriage. I'm gonna yeah. Write a book, and I'm gonna you know. I'm, I'm gonna run stuff. a marathon. <laughs> exactly, and we're trying to do all of them all at the same time. And what I find happens is that then our energy gets spread. Yeah, it, it looks really good on paper too. When you write that all down, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm oh. gonna crush all that. Yeah, it's like oh, I feel like I'm gonna be so amazing. My world's <laughs> gonna be phenomenal by the end of the year. And then yes. the challenge is by you get, you get to the end of the year and you've gotten maybe you wake up six Monday morning half done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wake up with half half your energy after not sleeping well. And yep, right. So so part of what I have started, you know, really focusing on and really teaching in my own work is you know the inspired action is about that one task. But I also encourage people to, to kind of throw out the old concept of annualized thinking. And this goes to what you started the, the conversation with of don't just wait for some particular moment like, like, you know, it's Jan 1, I get to start fresh, here we go. It's I have a season that I am currently in. And if I were going to say that that new season or that new, as I like to say, cycle, like a pulse cycle, is starting right now. What is the most important project for me to be working on during this pulse cycle? I like that. And then as I choose that one project, then my inspired action each day is something that moves that one project 
forward. And then even if you're, you know, typically I define a pulse cycle as being somewhere around five weeks. And so if it's, if five weeks from now you haven't made some significant progress on that thing, then you can decide to kind of take your deep breath, take a pause, and then start your next pulse cycle committed to the same project or to something else. It's I've pushed that one forward. I'm cool with where it is now. Let me set it down and let me work on this other one for the next five weeks. What, what I like about this, well, what you're saying so much is, is you're, you're really telling when you're working with clients, you're, you're telling them what they need to hear, not like what they want to hear. <laughs> yeah. You sometimes know? that's true. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, and, and that's, that's what we all need to hear about that, about this type of thing that, you know, it, it affects all of our lives is our productivity. Is, well, and it's throwing out a lot of the old thinking. Yeah. And, there is and so I much find, old thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, that I've kind of become slightly famous for is uh, on, on my uh, blog several years ago, I told people to throw out their SMART goals because this old concept of a SMART goal with a specific time and measurable deadline. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there are things about it that are great, like having it be specifically defined is wonderful. So you know what the outcome is you're trying to work towards. But I find particularly with entrepreneurs, the stuff around the timing always gets us in trouble. It's off. And then and then. It's a, yeah, it becomes a, a vicious cycle because you're going to crush yourself mentally. Exactly. When you're not, you know, you tell, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have this, 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 and this by, you know, week six. And right. you're nowhere near that mark. Yeah, I think you said, it sounds like you, it makes a better point to, to look at that more with a grain of salt and more of a broader stroke of your goals. Um, but when you're really in the, in the nitty gritty, yeah, you, that time element. I don't know. It, it's, it gets it's us all in trouble. It yeah. seriously gets us all in trouble because the reality is most entrepreneurs, you know, first of all, we're juggling how many different hats in our business. We have personal lives as well. Like there are all of these different pieces that we're trying to care for. And then that's not necessarily untrue in a corporate context, but there, there's at least a built in team in a corporate context that if one person's getting behind who can help and, and fill in in the way that a lot of, you know, small business entrepreneurs don't have that opportunity. So I find that when you throw out the, the time factor and instead focus specifically on what's the outcome I'm working towards and how can I make continuous, consistent progress towards that outcome during a short period of time, then you can kind of say, okay, I'm going to just focus on this one for this pulse period and then I can just pause and I can decide, am I rededicating myself to that same outcome right now or am I okay with putting this on perhaps a back burner in the short term and putting something else forward for right now? And that kind of like, that that segues into the conversation about balance. Um, sure. Is so, someone will say to you, oh, you know, Maybe maybe you're in, in, in this specific season of your life that you're describing right now. Someone's in a season where they're working through something and then someone else may come to them and say, well, you, you have no balance in your life. But I, it's it's not really, it's more of a balancing act. You're never, you can, because <laughs> if, if, if that person that said, oh, balance, and then you really question them and, and ask them, well, are you, are you 120% in every single area of your life? To, like right now in the moment in every single moment and and I think they'd be hard pressed to really answer that that question honestly because it's you you can never give a hundred percent of yourself in every single moment to every single thing there's there's seasons I completely agree and and in fact you know this is another thing that i I speak about and teach about often I'm personally not a giant fan of the 
the image and concept of balance as it's been taught. Um, you know, for me, that balance always feels very precarious. Like you have this little tiny moment in which everything is in balance and then something else happens and then you're out of balance again. Yes. And I find that that metaphor, therefore, is pretty much, pardon my French, a load of crap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, it's more like walking a tightrope and you're, you're, exactly. the wind is blowing and you're just, you know, and you're, and you're making those micro adjustments yes. when you need to. And, and, and it, can, it can make life feel even more tenuous and even more stressful when we're feeling like this is something we're supposed to day by day achieve. Right. So, you know, typically what I tell people is throw out that old concept of balance and think about being very thoughtful about the rhythm and the flow in your life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I can just I can just draw up an example, uh, you sure. know, a fictionary example. Say, for example, here, I, right now I'm, I'm at my home and we're, we're recording this show and uh, my wife told me she knows that I'm doing the show and she, I had this space, uh, in both of our, in mentally in both of our minds, it's, yeah, Tom's going to do the space cause everything else is taken care of right now. And, but mm-hmm. in, in the drop of a hat, maybe something shifts, maybe she gets hurt or something happens mm-hmm. or a conversation, mm-hmm. somebody calls her and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, boom, she's off and I have to be prepared to, to shift in the moment for something like that to happen. Uh, you're not going to have to be like, Oh, well, honey, I'm recording my podcast and, you know, I'm sorry that your leg is bleeding. Like, um, <laughs> it's not too so much. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> as an extreme example, I think like that comes to anything. It's like you can't compartmentalize balance in your life so much. I like that you said using the word flow. It really is more of a flow. And, and that's why you know I, I find that this concept of rhythm and flow. It's you know during different seasons of our lives, we might be kind of dancing a different rhythm. So, in a particular season, we're like all energized, really ready to go, doing a hardcore tap dance. And we're just spewing energy in every possible direction towards our business, for instance. Yes, yes. And then the next season comes and it's like, hold it, I just need a little rest. And so we're going to, you know, Sit take on the a couch, nice chill. You know, and yeah, cup, it's cup more of coffee. Of a, exactly. It's more of a waltz. It's more of an easy, you know, I'm just going to flow my way through this modern dance. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's a better metaphor for understanding the fact that our energy shifts, our focus shifts, our attention shifts, and it's normal. That's yeah. just part of life. But but then it's like but but we can we can be intentional. Yes. When we're doing something. So, yeah, uh, if we're sitting and we're going to do the dishes, we're not going to do it half. We're going to we're going to go in. Like we're going to we're going to clean those dishes like we've never cleaned those dishes before. <laughs> um, if we're going to take our dog for the walk for that walk we're going to be engaged and we're going to take that dog, our dog for a walk. Like we've never had that walk before. And, and it's uh, I think it's a constant reminder that we should be reminding ourselves of that. And I guess with being present in life and intentionality and mm-hmm. yeah, cause everything may be out of balance. You may feel like the whole world's spinning and your you know, maybe your business is, is going crazy or, you know, somebody is sick in your family, but in the moment you can be so intentional uh, with what you're doing. And that's that's the win. Like we all want to improve our lives, and we want to we want to be better off financially and, and spiritually, emotionally. But it's it's in those little moments. That's the little win. Like I, I get excited about doing a podcast, and just as excited about finishing the dishes. Like 
<laughs> well, and I love that you keep using that example because there's, you know, a wonderful old Zen koan about, you know, if, if you're done with your tea, then wash your bowl. You know, it's it's the the kind of classic of just be fully present to whatever you are doing in that exact exact moment. And, you know, I mean, my act actually when I finished my graduate degree, my um my master's thesis was on the topic of the everyday spirituality. It was basically a personal theology of the everyday spirituality. And how do we have a sense of there being meaning and a richness of, of intention and purpose in all of the small things that we do every single day? And so whether that's in the context of your business, in the context of your relationship, in the context of just taking care of your home, you know, things like doing the dishes, doing the laundry, et cetera, et cetera, that there can be meaning found in all of these actions if we choose to be present enough to look for it. Absolutely. And we can even use, um, you know, this time together that you and I are having on this podcast. Before we even got on the call, we, we both kind of came to this this time together with something kind of, you know, going on in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, it, it was like, nope, you know, we, we kind of re, uh, reshifted, refocused, even though all that stuff is still kind of going on, it's being intentional and being, and being present in that moment. Yeah. And, uh, that's and being flexible because that was part of the game is, is, you know, we just yeah. had to shift ourselves just a little bit. And, and this is, this is something I often t- tell my clients, create the shape, but hold it loosely. And that's that. that piece about, you know, intentionality. You got to know what you want and you got to be committed to moving towards it, but you have to hold it loosely enough that when the universe has kind of a new way of approaching it or a new resource that you hadn't thought about or a new expression of how to get there, you have to be open to allow that possibility and be able to follow it. So hold, create the shape, but hold it loosely. I love that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in terms of uh, rhythm and, and flow, like, Definitely was intentional on this call, but I was like, nope, Moose is not coming into this. I was, I was being very rigid about that. He, he was not, he wasn't, he wasn't hanging out with us. <laughs> uh, he just, he was wanting a little bit more attention and uh, would have just been more of a distraction. And sometimes, you know, that's sometimes it. that's the case. He's going to have to, yeah, he's going to have to get a couple of belly rubs after this, after this call. <laughs> you can love him up more later. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so Aaron, this has been wonderful. Um, we're at the end of today's show, guys. But Aaron, I just want to ask you um, one last question uh, before we go. And I ask everybody, if you were suddenly at the end of your life and you were reflecting on everything you've done, you've created, everything you've you know, really beautifully kind of eloquently explained to us, what, you know, what your mission is in life, what kind of impact would you want to be remembered for? I hope that the people whose lives I touch would be able to say that they had lived more intentionally because of my influence, because of our interactions, because of the, the, the things that, that uh, they were inspired to consider based on our conversations. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's kind of my core being is, is how can I help people to live with intention every single day? And, you know, that would be my desire. Well, I, I can, uh, definitely give you a thumbs up on, on that because like I had mentioned, I kind of came to this, this time, uh, with a little bit of baggage myself and, uh, I feel great right now. So, you know, you know, hats off to you. You really have a wonderful, wonderful presence about you. And, uh, the work that you're doing is awesome. I really, I'm really inspired and, uh, yeah, everybody 
everybody needs to check out what you're doing. So uh, I, I think you told me that there was a little special something for everybody that's listening. I do have a little special something. We, we've been talking a little bit about energy and about intentionality and flow and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I have a little gift for the listeners of uh, something that I call my life rhythm map, which is a template that you can use to kind of get clear on what is the current rhythm of your day-to-day life in terms of like your average day, your average week. And really, if you were going to try and shift it or move into a new expression of what you would like that rhythm to be in the future, what would that look like? And it basically helps you to to reimagine what that day-to-day rhythm might include. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes we're, we're almost in, in the challenge of, of sometimes we have too much structure and sometimes we have almost no structure. And so it's entirely on us to figure out what we do want, you know, like what the shape of our day-to-day world might be. So I'd love for the listeners to get an opportunity to, uh, to access those templates entirely for free. It's a gift from awesome. me. And you can get them at chosencourse.com backslash positivity. I love it. Now, now question is, can, do, do I have access? Am I, cause I'm not, of a, li- I'm not, a, li- you do. I'm not a listener. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do, Tom. No problem. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Aaron, this has been a lot of fun and, uh, it's, uh, it's important. This is a uh, definitely an important topic. So I'm really excited to get this out to everybody. And I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. These podcasts, I say it every time. I say it all the time. It's just amazing. It's just really awesome you know, how we can share this stuff now, you know, share our, you know, our passions in life. Um, So we're talking about, we started off this call today about um, New Year's resolutions. Remember guys, now resolutions. Now, now, it's all about now. Now, if you picked up anything, anything fruitful uh, from Aaron, you need to do it now and and just make some shifts. Uh, You know, turn the podcast off, say goodbye to us. And, and make some of those shifts in your life. And uh, and you know what you already are? You're here, you're listening to the show, and that's a big testament to you because you know that's the kind of energy you want to surround yourself with. So thank you guys for being here and, and for coming on the show. And, and Aaron, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Tom. It was a joy. Thanks. Take care. Absolutely.